You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. You don't let your spirit rule you. You rule your spirit. If you have a temper, you've got to bring your temper under subjection to the Word of God. Okay? And it can be done. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Okay? So, you've got to rule your spirit, because if you don't, you're like a city that's broken down, and without walls, you have no defense. Your gates are tore down. What's inside you, what's in your heart, is extremely important. In this edition of True North, Pastor Gary shares that guarding your heart is not just about controlling what you see, hear, or say, but also about letting God transform your heart. Your spirit drives your thoughts and actions. You'll learn that it's vital that you don't give in to the brokenness in your own heart, but let God work in you to change you from the inside out. When your spirit is in line with His, you'll be able to stand against the pull of this world. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Matthew chapter 12 as he continues his message, Keep Thy Heart. But now let's talk about what goes out of the gate. Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 34. Matthew 12, 34. I've uh, quoted the last part of this verse, but let's look at the whole verse. Jesus talking, to, of course, to the scribes and the Pharisees of his day. He says, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Okay, one of the biggest lies the devil will try to convince you of is that you can handle your sin and still be a good person. But here, hear me well. What you take in, if you take in garbage through your eyes or through your ears, garbage comes in, guess what comes out? Garbage. Amen? I've worked a little bit with pipe before, and I know one thing about pipe. Whatever comes in one side is going to come out the other. If it's water coming in this way, it's going to be water coming out the other end. Amen? Whatever you put in that pipe, Amen. If it's a sewer pipe, if sewer's coming in, guess what's going to be coming out the other side? Sewage. If you let sin into your heart and sin into your mind, through your eyes or through your ears, guess what's going to come out of your heart and out of your mouth? Sin. That's what Jesus meant when he said, how can you, being evil, speak good things? He said, you can't talk good because you're too full of trash. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Your mouth will tell on you. The Bible says uh, evil communications corrupt good manners. You know how young people learn to talk trash and talk filth and cuss and carry on? Because they hang around other people and they hear it all the time and so they soak it in and they learn a whole new filthy vocabulary. And so, guess what you end up doing? Trash in, trash out. If you're not careful, you'll start spewing what you've taken in. That's why it's important that you guard your ears. If you're around people that talk trash all the time, just quit hanging around them. 
You know? Set a standard. Say, you know what? I don't need to... I, I am not your garbage can. I don't need you dumping your trash into my ears. And, and I'd lose a friend in a hurry if I had to if it meant protecting my heart because I don't want to be corrupted by evil communication. And that's what the Bible says will happen. Evil communication corrupts good manners. So, what you got to do? You got to guard your heart by guarding your ears so that when things start coming out, there'll be pure things. But how, listen, if you want some, something pure to come out, what do you got to put in? You got to put in something pure. It's not only important to keep the bad stuff out, but it's important to replace it with good stuff. What, what, what kind of content do we need to dump into our hearts that's wholesome, that's good? I want you to think about this with me. Real easy, real simple. Spiritual things, scripture. That's it. All right, so are you reading your Bible on a consistent basis? Are you studying the Word? I'm not talking about just skimming it because you feel like you have to mark a card off. So, well, I read my Bible for the day. Do you meditate on the Word of God? Do you slow down long enough for when you come across a verse and something speaks to you that you pause long enough to meditate on it and let the Holy Spirit minister you and you soak that in in your heart? That's what the word meditation really means, I believe, is to soak it in. Okay? I'll just skim over it. All right, so if you want pureness to come out of your heart, you've got to put pureness in. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. You can be lost and you read your Bible every day your whole life and still have filth coming out because Jesus ain't in your heart. Okay, You can have the Bible in your head, but Jesus is not in your heart. So you've got to first get washed in the blood. Amen. That's how you become pure. And then you become filled with the Spirit and let the Spirit of God lead and guide you. And then, and then now we're talking, now we've got pure coming in and pure coming out. And that's where God wants to get us. We're like a conduit through which the Holy Spirit flows. We are here to make a difference, but we can't make a difference if we talk and think and act just like the world. Amen? How are they going to look to us for hope to overcome their problems when we are susceptible to the same problems they're susceptible to because we are not guarding against the things that they're not guarding against? You know, Jesus talked about the wheat and the tares are going to grow up together and you can't try to separate them because they look too much alike and you'll end up tearing the, the wheat out with the tares, amen? But for, uh, well, that's, that's kind of a picture of the church, isn't it? And sometimes the church looks too much like the world. Sometimes the world looks too much like the church and they're so blended you can't hardly tell the difference anymore. Listen, the church, the world needs to see a difference in you. Your friends need to see a difference in you. If you claim the name of Christ, you ought not to hang your head and be ashamed of that. You ought to be, you ought to be proud of the fact that you are a, a blood-bought member of the family of God. Amen. You've got to hold your head up high and be unashamedly, unapologetically representing the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the kind of boldness you need. And, and if you'll just learn to take a stand, it'll make it easier for you. You know, I learned quick in high school that it didn't take me but two or three times to take a stand. And people knew who I was and they knew what I was about and they didn't bother me anymore. Amen? They didn't bother me anymore. I just had to set the standard. I had to just draw the line. I just had to say, now this is this as far as I can go now. I love y'all, but uh, I ain't about all that mess. One of the biggest things that clued them in is when I took my Bible to school. Amen? Yes, I told them my Bible to school and I was proud of it. 
I was taught that as a Christian, you shouldn't be ashamed of your faith. And so I took that to heart and I thought, well, that means I should, you know, I should, if, if, it, if other people would be embarrassed to tote their Bible to school and they claim to be a Christian, they ain't right with God. So I'm going to be right with God. And I'm going to tote my Bible to school and I'm going to be proud of it. I wasn't trying to be super spiritual. What I, what I was trying to do was keep myself disciplined to be unashamed of the gospel and to let people know that I represented the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You know what I'm saying? And that's what God, where God wants to get you is to where you can be a witness, but you cannot be, just like Jesus said in this verse, how can you being evil speak good things? How can you be a witness when your heart's full of filth? How can you be a witness? How can you, you know why a lot of Christians don't talk about the Lord around their friends? Because their friends don't heard them talking about junk. Mm-hmm. They want to see the hypocrite in you. I'm going to see the hypocrite in me. So, look, at some point you've got to surrender and say, you know what, Lord? I'm straddling the fence and it's over. I'm done with straddling the fence. I'm on your side. I'm going to, I'm going to serve you. I'm not going to serve people. I'm not going to serve myself. I'm going to serve you. Amen? All right, go with uh, verse 37, the same chapter. Uh, th- verse 37, Matthew 12, 37. Here's what Jesus said. For by thy words... Thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Okay, what did I say a few minutes ago? Your mouth will tell on you. Look at it. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Be careful what you say, because you're going to be judged by it. And people judge you by what you say, not just God. Amen? You think about that for a minute. People judge your character by your speech. The things they hear you talk about. The things they hear you say. If Jesus were to hang around you for a week and you were to continue talking this week like you talked last week around your friends, would Jesus be pleased with your conversation? That's a good standard to live by. Amen. So guard the gates. Ears. Eyes. Mouth. Now, that's number one. Number two, you've got to control the content. All right, now, hear me and hear me well. Since because we live in a sin-cursed world, sometimes voluntarily we take junk in that we don't need to take in, and sometimes inadvertently we take junk in that we don't want in our heart. And how many of you knows you just can't erase every memory? Amen. there's junk in your mind, bad memories of filth that you remember maybe before you got saved, maybe something that happened to you, maybe something you heard or seen that you should have never heard or seen uh, that scarred your mind. Okay? And maybe maybe you're guarding your gates well, but there's still some trash in there that you have to cope with and live with. And sometimes it resurfaces and you don't even want it to resurface, but it disturbs you. So that's what we call content. That's stuff that's in your heart, that's in your mind, that's in your memory because you just simply live in a sin-cursed world. So the first thing you've got to do is get your gates under control. But secondly, you've got to learn how to manage your content, control your content, the stuff that's already in your heart. What do you do? Okay, uh, real quick, and I'll try to close. Romans 12.9 says this. Let love be without dissimulation. That's Romans 12, 9. I'll let you get there. And I'm trying to remember. The word dissimulation means a false pretense. Okay? So, I'm talking about controlling the content of your heart. 
let love be without dissimulation or without false pretense. In other words, don't go around acting like you love everybody for ill motive. Amen. Kind of like the Judas kiss that betrayed the master. Amen. It was a false pretense kind of show of affection. God is telling us to have a pure love. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. So that's, your, that's how you deal with the content that's already there that you can't just erase. Now, it may be under the blood, but it's still in your memory bank. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How do you deal with that? That stuff that's already under the blood, but that's still in your memory bank. Here it is. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Okay? So as long as in your heart you have learned to abhor the evil and cleave to the good, and you know the difference between the two, then you're on the right path to managing or controlling the content of your heart. It's when Christians begin to dwell on the evil, amen, and they're not abhorring it, they're meditating on it almost as if they wish they could go and relive it, that's when they fall back into sin, amen. You've got to learn Listen, once Jesus draws a line in the sand for you, and when Jesus saves you, puts you, in the, uh, puts you in the family of God, you are His, He is yours, and there should be a difference between who you was before you got saved and who you are now, and you've got to learn to abhor that which is evil, even in your mind and in your memory, so that you can separate the two, all right? So, uh, you know, sometimes, especially uh, when I deal with younger children about when they have bad thoughts that they know they're not supposed to have, they worry about that. I had a bad thought, and, and, and they fear and tremble. They're, they know that God knows every thought that you have. God sees every thought that you have. And, and sometimes young children will worry whether or not God's going to be angry with them over a thought that they had, you know. And sometimes even adults have that same fear, right? Now, here's where you separate in your mind. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. You just separate it in your mind. You say, you know what? I don't know where that thought came from, but I am not embracing that thought. I reject that thought in the name of Jesus Christ. I am a new creature. Amen. That was the old man that is not the, the new man. So you just got to keep it separated in your mind. Control the content. All right. Let's go quickly now to Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 28. So, uh, that's kind of how you keep the junk sorted. Amen. And there's another scripture. I'm not going to uh, give you the reference to pull up, but the Bible says to meditate on things that are pure, things that are lovely. Amen. So uh, to cleave to that which is good is to focus on the positives, focus on the truths. Amen. The Bible says that he washes us with the washing of the water of the word. You can cleanse your mind by the word of God. You can replace or cover up a lot of bad memories with better and gooder memories. If is a gooder a word? <laughs> she's not. She's saying no. Uh, gooder memories. I like that word, whether it's a real word or not. But uh, you can replace those with the Word of God. Amen. And you you stay with it long enough, and you'll find out that those old old memories that haunt you, they'll 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 fade on back yonder somewhere, they'll start fading in the distance as you replace those thoughts with the Word of God. It washes your mind. Amen? Now look at this verse. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Okay? So we're talking about controlling the content of your heart. That stuff that's already in there, 
whether it's under the blood or if it's just in the memory bank. Listen, he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down without walls. You've got to take rule of your spirit, that which is within. You've got to take rule over it. Okay, you don't let your spirit rule you. You rule your spirit. If you have a temper, you've got to bring your temper under subjection to the Word of God. Okay? And it can be done. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Okay? So, you've got to rule your spirit, because if you don't, you're like a city that's broken down and without walls. You have no defense. Your gates are torn down. So, that's what you've got to do. And your spirit, your spirit is that part of you that can be very reactionary if you don't keep it under control of the Word of God. Amen? It's that part of you that might fly off the handle when you get mad about something that somebody said or did. Or it's, it's that part of you that might cause you to kind of act out of character sometimes. Amen? That, that's that part of you, that, that wild part of you, that, that crazy part of you that might just come out on some, break out on somebody if, if they just catch you in the wrong mood. Are you listening to me? You've got to bring that spirit under subjection to the Word of God. The Bible tells us uh, that we're to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So that means when you're tempted to react in an incorrect way, you've got to uh, pull the reins on yourself. So now, whoa. Amen. That means you've got to learn how to bite your tongue when you, when you need to bite your tongue. And when you're tempted to say something, smart off at your parents or this or that, you better bite that tongue. You better listen to the Word of God. You better be respectful to your parents. Are you hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> Amen. You better bring, and whenever you have a bad attitude, and maybe, maybe you didn't say what you wanted to say to your parents, but you sure was thinking it. You can't allow your thoughts to talk to you like that. You can't allow your thoughts to imagine that kind of attitude. You can play out a fantasy of rebellion in your mind, and you may never spoke a word, but you're just as full of rebellion as ever because you haven't brought your own spirit under the subjection of the Word of God. See, because your heart is the real you, whether it's vocalized or not. That's what's going on on the inside, and nobody but you and God knows. That's your spirit. you got to make sure that your spirit... Not just your tongue, not just your eyes, not just your ears, but your spirit, the inner man, is under subjection to the Word of God and the truth of God's Word and the commands of God's Word. If the Bible says, honor thy father and thy mother, when you're tempted to dishonor them, you've got to bring yourself under the subjection of that Scripture and say, no, I, regardless of how I feel about this situation, I'm going to do what the Bible says and I'm going to honor them and I'm not going to allow myself, even in the privacy of my own heart or mind, to be rebellious to my parents. Because if you're rebellious in thought today, you will be rebellious in deed tomorrow. That's why Jesus said you can look on a woman to lust after her and you've already committed adultery with her in your heart even though you didn't commit the act because you did it in your heart. That's what this verse is talking about, dealing with your spirit. You may not ever speak an ill word to your parents. But if you're thinking it all the time and you resent them in your heart, then you're just as rebellious as if you walked out the door and slammed the door in their face doing so. Jesus said you've got to deal with your heart. You've got to deal with your spirit. Amen? Bring it under subjection. Okay? Proverbs uh, 16, verse 32. Controlling the content. Here's a good verse. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. 
That is Proverbs 16.32. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. Okay? The Bible says a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. You got to learn how to control that spirit. Amen? So those are some thoughts for you on controlling the content. So we've learned how to guard the gates to our heart, and then we've learned how to control the content of our heart. Okay? So in conclusion, don't worry about uh, finding this. I'm going to read this to you. Though. Proverbs 16, verses 18 and 19. I want to read this because one of the biggest problems that we deal with in the process of learning how to do this is pride. Pride is the one thing that can be... Uh, pride can take on so many different colors. You, you can be full of pride and not even know it. Did you know that? People can... Your heart will deceive you. And you can have pride in your heart and not even know it. And so I think that pride, you know, the Bible says pride goeth before a fall. We just read where if you don't control your spirit, amen, then you're like a city that's broken down or, or a city that has fallen. So ultimately I think it stems back to pride. You know, the pride of man's heart. What does man's heart say when it rises in pride? Well, it says that it can handle things by itself. Right? We can handle things outside of and away from the Word of God or the Bible. I don't need the Bible. I don't need all that old-fashioned stuff. That ain't for me. That might be for somebody else, but don't work for me. You're just full of pride. And you're not willing to admit it. Amen? So we've got to deal with pride. Because pride is the one element in your heart that will always fight its way in and try to take over. From now to the day you die. I don't care if you're saved or not. You've got to... Always fight the tendency to become prideful. Verse 18, the Bible says, Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Then it says, Better it is to be of an humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. It is better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. You know, it's not always fun being humble, but it, the Bible says it's better to be humble. Better is not always funner. Amen? And funner is funner not a word either? Okay. <laughs> funner is not always better. Okay? Since when did doing right always have to be fun and enjoyable? Are we interested in you know, now don't get me wrong, when you live for God, there's plenty of joy along the journey, amen? And there's plenty of fun to be had. But you're going to have some days now where it's tough. And you've got to decide, do you want to walk with the humble or with the proud? And when a Christian decides, I'm talking about somebody who's saved and born again, washed in the blood of Jesus, and you decide that you're going to rebel against God, and you're going to go against your raising. You're going to do things the way you want to do them. What you've done is you've lifted up your heart in pride and you've decided to divide the spoil with the proud. Amen? Because most Christians who fall, they usually don't fall alone. They usually fall with somebody else. Usually they have a friend that drags them into it. Amen? So you've got to get to a point in your life to where you decide, you know what, I'm going to walk humbly before my God and it may not be popular. Amen? I may not get a big applause. 
big round of applause. May not get a big following for doing it. I may even lose some friends, but I, it's better to be humble than to be proud and spoil and divide the spoil with the proud. Amen. So that's kind of some scripture for you to be meditating on this week as you deal with life by first dealing with your heart. Today's teaching is coming to an end, but you don't have to stop studying God's Word. Here at True North, we encourage all of our listeners to dive into Scripture regularly on your own. As you do, ask the Holy Spirit to guide your reading and reveal God's truth to you. Thanks for joining Pastor Gary Cottle today for True North. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new edition. If you'd like to learn more about True North or Pastor Gary, visit GaryCoddle.com. Would you like to plan a visit to worship and study the Bible with Pastor Gary? You can find all the information you need about where he pastors and how you can visit at GaryCoddle.com. If you're not in the area, we do encourage you to find and begin attending a Bible-teaching church near you. Find a family of faith that you can invest in and who will encourage you in your own walk with the Lord. If you have any questions or would like to find out how you can support Gary Cottle Ministries and True North, please reach out to Pastor Gary. He can be reached at contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. That's all for today. Join us next time for more right here on True North.